kind of funny that the more that you actually find out about this looming Eric Carlson trade to somewhere, the more confusing it seems to be. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Carlson did an interview with a Swedish newspaper, Expressen, over the weekend. And upon doing a simple Google translate on it, I still wasn't able to translate all of what's actually occurring here. It's unusual. But I'm going to give it a shot here in terms of sharing it with you. Carlson has made very clear And if it wasn't clear before, it sure is now. He's out of San Jose. He's not returning to the Sharks. So the Sharks can either move him or they can just let him sit out. Or I guess an even worse case scenario would be that he goes and plays for them but doesn't want to be there. And then they're burning $11.5 million of cap space and being embarrassed and all that other stuff. So Mike Greer, the GM there, is not in any position of strength here, not with the player, not with the teams who are interested in acquiring Carlson. The Express and article went on to have Carlson confirming that there are four teams, not the two that have been widely put out there. And those four are the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the two that everybody talked about, as well as the Maple Leafs and the Kraken. And while the article, the reporter, strongly suggested in his own words that the Penguins were the favorite, the quotes from Carlson really, I don't want to say downplayed or dismissed it, just flat out rejected it. Carlson did acknowledge having conversations with Kyle Dubas, the Penguins GM, also with Jason Spezza, the assistant GM, who was Carlson's longtime teammate in Ottawa. But even there, Carlson kind of downplayed that, like me and Spets have been talking forever, and these conversations really weren't even about coming to Pittsburgh or whatever. So you have a situation here. If you strip away all of the veneer, what you have underneath it is that Carlson is going to call the shot as to where he goes. I know, right? Why? Well, because he has a complete no-trade clause. The Sharks gave him that as part of his contract. They can say, well, listen, we've we've hit up a deal here with the Hurricanes. We think we've got something good here. And he can just say at the last minute, you know, I'm kind of thinking I'd like to go play with Sid and Gino and whatever. It's up to him. He can just nix the trade. And he has shown, at least publicly, no intention whatsoever of playing nice about this with the Sharks. For whatever reason, I don't even really care. He just wants, I mean, they've been terrible. He wants out. 102 points, Norris Trophy, didn't win anything, wants out. So here's Greer on one hand who has to deal with the teams and wait as long as he can and hope that one of them, kind of ups the ante a little bit 
or has a significant defenseman go down to injury and realize, wow, we could really use a 102-point horse trophy winner in our lineup right now. Or he's just got to get it done. Because if he's going to free up any cap space on San Jose's end, or he's going to make other adjustments to their roster going into the season as fluid as that must be, he's got to get moving to an extent. You want another variable? I'm going to throw this in just for fun, just to make it even that much more confusing. The Penguins have an arbitration hearing with Drew O'Connor. Sounds like it would have nothing to do with this, right? That's coming up in a week. Well, that's the second buyout period when you have an arbitration that's actually going to arbitration which means that would be your last opportunity to buy out Mikhail Granlund. Uh-huh. Maybe that's something of an arbitrary deadline that Dubas puts forth to try to put some pressure on Greer. Listen, we think we're offering you the best deal. We really aren't interested in having you wait forever to take it. So it's either going to be that or we're going to buy out Granlund and go some other direction. What are the pieces being discussed? What are the prospects being discussed? What are the picks being discussed? There's nothing, nothing of substance on that anywhere, anywhere. And please don't be one of those people that falls for hockey with two Y's, insider with two R's, or whatever this nonsense is, who seem to know every single detail magically. No actual media outlet. No nonfiction actual media outlet has come up with this information, and I don't expect that they will. Greer is already operating at enough of a disadvantage, handcuffed in almost every way, that the very last thing he'd allow is a leak of what's already on the plate from any of the four directions. If there's one thing and only one thing that's clear from this entire picture it's this. Dubas wants this player. Dubas has actually spoken of this player, who is under contract to another team, by the way, so executives are usually crazy, crazy careful to avoid even mentioning such a player out of fear of tampering. But that's the extent to which the discussions have gone. Dubas wants this player. The Penguins want this player. Well, they might have to get that arranged before the buyout period, the second buyout period. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins, perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you're not local, gift cards are also available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. That's FamilyTablePGH.com. And use the code DK40 or DK40 for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon today for Thursday delivery. comes from Zach Farnsworth who says, Hey DK, what's a realistic starting spot this coming season 
for the Penguins' first-round pick, Braden Yeager. Do first-rounders ever start out at the NHL level, or is that just for generational players like Sid and Gino? It's a good question. And for those of you who are turning up your nose at, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy asked this question or whatever, don't do that. Don't do that. Hockey does way too much of that, and it's super annoying. There's even a term for it. It's hockey snob. Don't be a hockey snob. Don't be the one who listens to that question and goes, ah, how can you think he's going to be this or that? Or do players usually do this or whatever? It's a good question. And here's why. First off, have a little fun here. Jaeger did have a very good development camp. He had a very, very good development camp scrimmage. The one thing that I thought I saw early in that scrimmage was him huffing and puffing a little bit, even made note of it in the live file that we keep on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And then, lo and behold, the scrimmage just kept going and going and going. And this is three on three, so you're covering a ton of ice. The next scrimmage in which his team was still participating happens, and he's still just all over the rink. All 200 feet. Scored a bunch of goals. I didn't keep track. I don't know that anybody did. Had some beautiful, soft, saucer passes to set guys up uh, in all three zones, whether they were breakouts, neutral zone rushes, in the attacking zone already, uh, spinning inside the blue line, whatever it was. The kid can do a lot of different things, but the best thing that he does is shooting. Just plain old shooting, you know, only the most important skill still and all in the game. Really had a soft touch with the finish. Okay, so whatever I had in my head or whatever I thought I saw regarding his conditioning or whether or not he could handle this sort of thing, that was blown out the window. That's why it pays to watch the whole thing. But now that I've said all that, <laughs> he'd get... Wow, I don't even want to think about what would happen to him physically in the NHL with his current stature. He is 5'11", maybe arguably going to be 6'0 someday. He is only 18 years old, but he's 170 soaking wet with the skates and the equipment on. Now, unlike... Guys who have real thin frames, naturally thin frames, uh, such as Marcus Pedersen, such as P.O. Joseph, Jaeger has the shoulders where he's still going to fill out a little bit. I think he can end up having not quite the stocky body that uh, Sid has, for example, and certainly not the tree trunk legs that Sid has, but he can fill out more than he has. He needs to do that. He needs to do that. So Jaeger will go back to his junior team because rules between the National Hockey League and the Canadian Junior Leagues, all three of them, prohibit a player from going to the American Hockey League when, in fact, they could go back to their junior team and continue the rich tradition and the rich feeder system that served hockey so well for more than a century up there. Could Jaeger handle the AHL? Yes. Could he handle the NHL? No, not this season. So is there any choice as to where to put him? 
None whatsoever. He has to go back to junior, and he will go back to junior. But you know what he's going to do in the meantime? He's going to come to this training camp, the real training camp, in September. And he's going to turn heads, and he's going to score goals. And it's going to be fun, okay? Again, he's not going to make the team. He has 0.0000% chance of making the team because of his frame. But it's also going to be the first time we've laid eyes on a promising young player wearing this uniform in like forever. And that's pretty cool in and of itself. See, no hockey snobbery pulled it off. I appreciate the question, and I mean that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do this again tomorrow. 